This is episode 110 of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, and today we are actually back with Elizabeth Y. Kane. We had an awesome conversation and decided to break this up into two parts. So today will be the continued conversation with wonderful Elizabeth Y. Kane. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders. And I know firsthand how much confusing and conflicting information there is out there about how we assess and treat swallowing disorders. This podcast is all about bringing everyone together, getting on the same page, being open to new ideas, and using evidence-based treatment strategies for our patients with dysphagia. So let's get into it. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I, well, I, there's a lot of people that I, I end up, you know, people are like, I'm so frustrated in my job, like, I can't stand all this, I can't stand all that, you know, and I'm like, have you ever thought about, like, home health? And they're like, no, and I'm, and it's, like, funny because I'm like, I think you would love it, and they're like, why? And I start kind of naming the things, and they're like, I didn't realize they did that in home health. I was like, yes, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know why it's, I feel like it's almost a setting that a lot of people don't the travel or the travel. Sure what the it's yeah, a hard concept. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, I didn't want to do EI. I yeah, didn't want to live out of my car. I don't want to be doing home care. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah. But I have a friend that I, yeah, I have a friend that I finally convinced, like, last year she was just miserable bouncing around. And I was like, you need to try home health. Like, you would love it. And I just finally talked to her a few weeks ago. And she's like, I've never felt, like, happier. I feel like I'm making such a difference with these patients. Like, they're in their natural setting. I was yeah. like, that's what I was telling you. Like, <laughs> so... I just wanted to mention about in-services, which can be done in any of these settings. I really think um, when, when it comes to home care, you can, you know, arrange an in-service where at the home care office, if the, everybody has 20 minutes while they're dropping off their paperwork, because often we don't actually see each other. <laughs> I meet a PT at a home and I'm like, oh, that's you. We've only talked through email. <laughs> nice to meet you. But they're, they they want to know about how the swelling is affecting their patients too. So there's a lot of opportunity there for in-servicing. I do monthly in-services for the new nursing employees monthly at my hospital, which is great. On any given month, I have maybe like 10 or 12 new hires who are patient care techs, RNs, uh, night staff, day staff, ICU, mental health unit, they could be anywhere. So I have to kind of speak to that variety. But I I made a post about this the other day, because I always try to hit home oral care. By the end of my 30 minutes, I say, if you have learned nothing else from me blabbering on today, please take home that you know, oral care, oral care, oral care, and please use a toothbrush. <laughs> so there's so much education opportunity out there. And I love doing the in-services. I had such a great responsive, you know, group of nurses the other day who were asking a lot of questions. Again, it was really rewarding. Um, and I just try to make them understand that, you know, we're not in a culture of fear and safety risk. We're in a culture of let's keep the patients healthy and complete oral infection control. Think about infection control. This falls under that and you are helping them. And I try to really empower the nurses during those in-services instead of like lecturing at them about what I do and you need to listen to me and what my recommendations are and you're going to kill them if you don't keep them on this diet I recommended. Like, it's not about that. I'm like, look at how you can help them. I know that you think about, you know, the toileting and the bathing and changing them and medicating them. 
but here's this one other thing that you, you most likely have a piece of the puzzle in that day. And this is why you're keeping them healthy. And you're, you're such a great person to do that. And they, they usually go, you know, they sit up a little straighter in their chair, like, oh, I'm having a little bit of a positive We've done some special in services too with this wonderful one, my graduate student who was so excellent. She did a, a fees in service, but we did it more as a PowerPoint. And I think food always gets people there. So, <laughs> you know, always. supply some free food and they will come. Um, yes. So I made this funny flyer, you know, come swallow with us. We, we, have, we have lunch. We're going to oh, do a live God. demonstration. They were like, what do you mean a live demonstration? I'm like, oh no, I'm scoping the grad student in front of you and they just were like yeah. bugging out i'm like what you guys do surgery yeah. like why are you bugging out that i'm gonna put a scope up yeah. my grad student's oh, nose right. like <laughs> they're like you're not anesthetizing her i'm like i don't anesthetize your patients either <laughs> like, um so it was great we had like 30 doctors showed up i was like oh they were hungry great well they yeah. got the butt in the seats fantastic yes. <laughs> so we had like 35 people there it was awesome and it was just such a great opportunity. So, you know, when in doubt, provide food. <laughs> and luckily I have this really great department too that allows us to do in services between the other SLPs because we have outpatient services for children as well. And some of those SLPs um, who are mostly doing pediatric, but they might get an occasional teen or adult voice patient. And I have a special interest in like chronic cough and have done some studies in that. And I just did an in-service on that. And they were like, what do you mean we treat this? I'm like, I know. That's where my mind was one year ago. I am not an expert, right. but let's try to talk about it. I sat through some of those podcasts like, <laughs> oh my God, I had no idea this was a There's thing. There's always something yeah. like that. There's always, oh, what? This is, oh, we have to treat that? Okay, great. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know yeah. this was even. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, for anybody who's experiencing the variety that I am, or maybe they're just torn between their full-time job and in the sniff and their per diem in the hospital on Saturdays that they, you know, luckily just got that job and they're like, yay, I got my foot in the door as a per diem in a hospital. Um, it's hard to keep your sanity as like a whole person, no matter what direction you're pulled. So you have to establish counseling techniques for yourself to, to get you through the week, do your six day a week of work. I know a lot of us out there are doing six days a week <laughs> and it feels like eight days a week um, <laughs> and making boundaries for yourself, which I am not good at, but I am trying to learn and, you know, learning to say no so that I, you, you say it all the time, you know, pouring from an empty cup, it, it can't be done and leaning on your family and, and considering that compassion fatigue and how it's going to negatively impact your patients. If you're not considering the demands and the variety that's on you, it's not you, it's the system and you have to try to rise above and, and work through it because it's likely. I asked my husband to hide my laptop last night. Cause I just knew I had like 40 emails that like, but I just wanted to spend time with my son. Like I, you know, I was like, I need to spend time with my son. I don't need to be dealing with these emails. I was like, please go hide my computer. He was like, seriously? I was like, yes, I like, it's driving me nuts, but I need to just spend time with him and I can't. Those, those problems right will now, still be so. there tomorrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. I resolved yeah. We're right not, we're not conquering this. world peace in the next three hours. <laughs> um, it might be smarter to no. just have a snack no. and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Eat a piece of chocolate. Let's go to bed. <laughs> yep. 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 So I think I, I just wanted to mention something I'd come across. It's an old hat kind of a thing, but the Eisenhower grid, just looking at, you know, those things that are urgent versus important. 
and I was just looking through a lot of counseling techniques and I'm part of this leadership forum actually at my job, which my organization had this great opportunity for women in leadership to, you know, kind of work into. And I, I signed up and I, you know, kind of um, interviewed for it and got in and it's culminating in a big meeting this month. And it's just really awesome. All the techniques that I've learned, but that was a great one. So if anybody, you know, is looking for, decision-making for themselves on how to prioritize their life or the variety that they're in or the demands that they're experiencing, just Google Eisenhower grid and kind of use that to make decisions. I'm very indecisive. So it's helped a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I also mentioned something in my leadership forum recently that resonated with a lot of people. So I wanted to mention it. I had read an article a few years ago on medium.com. I don't even know how I found this probably through Facebook somehow written by someone named Momo Estrella. It was like 2014 and it's called how a password changed my life. And it's something I do. And I think anybody can apply this. You know how you, well, you, you have a private practice, so you just have your own computer, but in an organization have, you have to sign in a password to log into computer. Right. Okay. Everybody's got to, you know, reset their password every like three months or whatever the annoying interval is. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, God damn it. I don't yeah. know what yeah. I did. Like- and we're always like, you know, the name of our dog and <laughs> our kid's birthday yeah. and all the yeah. things yeah. that you're not yeah. supposed to make your password if you yeah. listen to IT guys. Yeah. Yeah. I know. My assistant was like, you'd yeah. be so easy to hack. I was like, please yeah. don't tell me this. Yeah. Like- so this article was so great. He, he talked about how he was using a password as a motivational thing. And I do it now and I've been doing it for like two years and it does help. So you pick a phrase that's going to be something that you're focused on or or related to a goal that you have um, professionally, personally, whatever it is. Um, And if you think about it, okay, you just typed that motivational phrase to yourself or, you know, ruminated on it 20 times today. Eventually it's going to sink in. I love that so much. So I think hopefully maybe I can inspire some people to to try that next time they have to reset their password. You know, um, some past ones that I've used that I I won't ever use again so I can save them now. It's like, you know, be happy with you. And with, I didn't type with, I put like a C as like the, you know, uh, medical abbreviation for with, be happy with you or or, um, eat your lunch or... (laughs) give yourself a break or whatever that motivational phrase is, or, um, you know, don't quit, you know, just try to find something that's motivating you that month to get you through the week and realize that you have to type that 20 times a day. So I love that so much. I think that part of that feeling like you're on an Island is, is easy to get bogged down and we need to see how we can ask for help and use our colleagues. Asking is such a hard thing because we're trying to be proud and we're trying to be that specialist and, you know, well, I'm supposed to know this or, you know, we're not supposed to know everything. We have to ask. And I think it's important to be charming, be ambitious and know that the, the payoff of those positive relationships and, and asking for help, no matter what your setting is, is a, the better workspace, better engagement from colleagues, better learning for your students. If you're supervising, um, I've had a lot of students say like, wow, you just, you love your job so much, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I really do. And they're like, wow, I can really tell. Wow, that's so rewarding to hear that. I love that the students can feel that positive energy and that they walk away from their day going, wow, that was a really busy day, but well, we do really love what we do. It's like, yeah, we do. And when you love what you do, um, you're doing good work. It's great. Um, So don't be afraid to ask. Everything that I've ever gotten in my life, I had to ask for. 
I was never given, I had this like big aha moment. I was like, Oh, I got to write this down so I can make sure I talk to Teresa about it. I think so many people feel that way. Yeah. Or, or so many people think I'm just waiting here, waiting for it to come to me. If I pray on it, I'll get it. Well, pray on it, but then ask, you're not going to be handed everything. Yes. I think that was like an Oprah talk that I came across yesterday. She is literally exactly what she said. She's like, you can pray all day on it, but you got to do the work. Like you can't just expect God to deliver these things. You know, you got to actually do the work too. Um, I I was trying to think and I was like, okay, what if I, I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky. I've I've had a very blessed life and I I can't take anything for granted. Um, But, but what have I ever been given that I didn't ask for? And I couldn't, think of anything other than just the big gifts of my life and and my family and my children you know my child and uh, but I've I've asked for I asked for my job there wasn't an opening I sent my resume and a cover letter and I said I want to work here I'm looking for a CF please hire me and I got the job I think you're probably like the 10th person (laughs) we've had on this podcast that has said that I'm like how did you get this position and they're like I just made it up and said I wanted it and I was like yes I yeah I I wanted to teach at a local college so I asked if I could I didn't wait for something to show up not going to happen and I talked to my parents about it the other day I said you know I was thinking with my professional life everything I've ever gotten I asked for and my mother goes you know you did that as a kid too things weren't just handed to you. And I'm like, well, that's such a big lesson then for our kids growing up too. It's like, you have to ask for it. And, and you say, what's the worst that could happen? You get a no. Okay. So ask again in a month or, or learn more about, you know, why you didn't get a yes and, and make it a better question. We had that conversation with my in-laws because my husband is known as being like the most stubborn, persistent person ever, which has served him very well in life. But, you know, his father, you know, he would ask for something when he was little and his dad would say, ask me again in six months. And like my husband would ask again in six months. Like, (laughs) so he's like, he was probably the most persistent kid, but he always took everyone at their word. And when, when I gave him an answer, he would come back then. And it's literally how he is now. Like, I'll say something, I'm like, ask me again in a month. And like a month later, he'll be like, let's do this. I'm like, God, like, but yeah, I, mean, I think that's yeah. like a great lesson. You know, you, you got to ask for the things you want. Yeah. yeah. And that transitions to our patients too. I mean, you know, if we want to bring it back to just those instrumental assessments too, you know, it's not, it's not going to be handed to us. We have to ask. I think there was just a couple more things I wanted to mention. I'll go through them quickly. Just building relationships, keeping those relationships with the people that you work with, no matter what your setting is and adhering to the best practice in our community. We have to consider our patients and their care across organizations. So I'm, I'm lucky to see these patients, like I said in the beginning, from, from start to finish. But often I have patients who then fall into an outpatient SLP through a different organization. And we have to respect those that we work with in our community across county lines and across state lines. And we don't know what their background is, um, but we're all treating that same patient. And I might see them for home care and then they go to somebody else for outpatient, but it's important to reach out and again, you know, make sure we're asking those questions and making phone calls because if you don't know how that person is treating your patient and then they end up coming back to you six months later, we have to be able to gain perspective there and and have respect for each other across those lines and just, just knowing what they're doing and that we're all helping the same person. I, I have a home care patient right now that uh, received home care over the summer actually uh, with my best friend. <laughs> I'm like, look at all the great work that you did with him. I just did a repeat modified bearing swallow study 
and uh, he's doing so well right now as a cancer, a head and neck cancer patient. Um, and I'm like, I think it's because you did such good swallowing therapy with him in July. Um, and now I get to kind of like help him rise to that final, you know, border of, of going into PO intake um, and, and making sure that he's safe with that in his oral care. But it's like, look how great we work together, even though we weren't together. You helped that patient two months ago and now I'm helping them. And it's not a competition. It's, it's how are we helping that same patient that might be at your hospital tomorrow and my hospital today. Competition is good, keeps us all elevating ourselves and, and our organizations, but um, we also have to let go of that competition sometimes to be able to realize what's best for the patients. I, I think one of the big things I love is just getting to know all the other SLPs like in the area. And like, I never mind when someone will message me like, I'm reading this on your report. Like, what a like, that doesn't seem like him. What exactly did you mean? And and like, I love being able to explain it. You know, it's like, well, this day, this was how he was presented. So this was what I went with. This was what was discussed with the family. You know, and it might be something like, oh, I didn't even know family was involved. You know, like, it's crazy what you find out from just like communicating and getting to know each other and having those kind of rapports. Because like you said, like I, some of these patients I only see for 15 minutes just to do a quick fees or something. And I never, but like some of them still weigh on my heart, like forever. <laughs> I'm always like, what happened to that guy? So like, I love when I get texts, like, what did you mean with this report? You know? Yeah. I'm disappointed when I don't, I don't get those phone calls from the sniff SLPs. I'm like, you just got my patient. It's I, they've been gone a week, but I haven't heard from you. <laughs> Please call me. I want to, I want to tell you how their fees went. I want to tell you some of those between the lines things that I noticed um, that maybe didn't make it into my documentation or, or something that day. Um, but please call me. I am more than willing to talk to you about it. You know, it's, it's a continuum of care for that patient and it's essential. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, HIPAA protects our patients across our professions. Um, yes. You know, we, we have to talk about that mutual patient because it's essential that they get the highest level of yes. care that they need. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's just one more thing I wanted to mention. If Do we have time? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're good. You know, I'm like interested in some entrepreneurship and, and medical yeah. innovation. And as busy as I am, I am so, so ambitious to a fault, I say all the yes. time yes. Um, that I'm like, oh, well, what about this other creative project? And I think that we should, we, we should reach out and try to do things for ourselves. It's fun. It lets us have a creative outlet, even when we're so busy. And it's, it's something that keeps us engaged in our field, but also something that we have ownership over. So, you know, I'm interested in like medical device innovation and it, it kind of happens on a slow basis, but it's something to come back to and, and have a project for. So I think in terms of that, it, it's just good to realize that there's growth on your own and pursuing advanced research and innovation can be done even when you're busy doing eight days a week <laughs> of whatever your job is. Um, but that's when you rely on resources like the collective and rely on conferences and go to the conferences and don't just do these online webinars. Um, there's so much to be gained from in-person networking and, and yes. meeting people that are in the same boat as you. And you always say it's like, it's not about those 30 hours um, and getting those on December yeah. 31st. Um, yes. <laughs> I've yes. been there. I've been there. I did. Yes. I did do that. I, I was like, Oh no, I, I fell behind. I didn't do enough hours and I scrambled and it didn't feel good. 
and I didn't benefit from learning that way, you know, and now I'm in a new um, certification period and I'm like three times ahead those 30 hours. Like I don't have to worry about that. Now I'm just having fun with it. And it's important to, to try and invest that $200 for whatever that weekend conference is that you have to drive three hours to get to. Just bite the bullet and do it because it's going to make you better. And I know it's outside of the job, but um, it is rewarding. I love that you said that. I, I just always tell people like you can literally do everything. You just might not be able to do it all at once. Yes. Like, that's what I tell myself. I just get so many ideas of things I want to do. And I'm like, okay, Teresa, you can do this one this week. And then next week you can do that one. Like yeah, there's 365 days. Maybe yeah. Are we yes. <laughs> yeah. You can manage it if you plan it and make the goals. I just signed up the other night for a, a course in March of 2020, like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, it's, I just tell people like you make time for what's important to you. So if it's important to you, you make the time and you explore it. So anything else, Elizabeth, this was such a fun conversation. Thank you. Thank you for talking to me. I have like so many thoughts I could just blabber on and I usually do, but no, that's pretty much all I wanted to touch on. Just kind of inspire people to to know that they have the strength in them to to bridge between settings. And yeah, sometimes you do have to be the specialist and the generalist, and it's exhausting. Um, but I am. I kind of want to follow you around for a week, but I'd be so dizzy and exhausted. <laughs> I'm never bored. <laughs> I'm never, sure. I'm yeah, never bored, and I I don't take lunches, and I I write while I'm eating, and sometimes things not. Sometimes I hate it. Um, but I think most of the time I love it and you have to hang your hat on that and just, just be thankful for what we do have. You know, a lot of people are going through some hard times right now with the, the unethical layoffs, if I can say it that way. Yes. Yeah. 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 100%. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. It's completely wrong. So I'm thankful for, for the job that I have. And, and I think we all can, can feel that at least a little bit, even if, even if you're not in the sniff, because I don't know what that's like right now for them. It's the one thing I don't do, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause I've been in some wonderful sniffs lately that are like, we've got this great new payment system and it's going to support the patients. And it's like, you people are wonderful. Can you please go tell the other mean, horrible yeah. people? Like, we'll get through it. Yeah. They'll, they'll so. get through it. Transition is difficult and it takes time and I don't know, but I, I, I'm saying that from, you know, my little pedestal too. I can't even imagine what it is that everybody's going through. So. All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I love this conversation. So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash swallow your pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming. Also, don't forget to subscribe, share with your closest colleagues, and show notes will always be available to download over on swallowyourpridepodcast.com where you can also be notified of the latest podcast episodes. Also, credit to Stephanie Jacobson for her incredible editing skills and thank you so much to all of you for listening.